You are now listening to Bodies by Design Radio with trainer Fred and Coach Donovan, where we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and the mindset of how it all applies to your busy life. For more, head over to bbdforlife.com. Hello, good people, and welcome to Bodies by Design Radio. Today we have an amazing show for you guys, and um, we're going to continue to get to know who are the faces behind Bodies by Design. As uh, some of you know, we did my personal story with uh, how I came to this country and uh, how I went through school and how basically from the beginning of 1991 all the way to where we are right now and now it's time to kind of flip the switch and really kind of get to know where Donovan Owens came from and his background and the reason we're doing these shows is because we really want to give an opportunity for our clients and the people that work with us to have a more of a personal connection with us and really know the struggles that we went through in order to get to where we are today and uh, that it hasn't always been very rosy so with that being said I would like to introduce my co-host, my best friend, yeah. my uh, business partner, and uh, my brother from another mother, Donovan yeah. Owens. Welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Happy to be here. This is a, a good one. We've been waiting for this moment. Yes, sir. So I know you've um, uh, you've done some um, you've done some of your story in your personal podcast that you do in the Do the Damn Work, but we're gonna kind of go a little bit deeper into like back and all the way to childhood to where you grew up. And um, so just kind of give us a, give us a little background of where you came from and kind of where it all started for you. Well, to go all the way back, uh, I was actually born in Fort Riley, Kansas, 1978. Uh, and that's all I know about Kansas. That's the extent of it. So I don't, I don't remember Kansas at all and haven't gone back to visit. Uh, I'm half. African-American, half Puerto Rican, which a lot of people may not know about me. Uh, and I don't speak Spanish very well. I piquito. That's all I know. <laughs> um, my, my biological name is Donovan Ray Escobar. So uh, a lot of people know me as Donovan Owens now. We'll get to how that happened later. And so my biological father was in the Army. Uh, I lived in, before the age of two, I lived in Kansas, Seguin, Texas, Puerto Rico, Germany, and then back to Seguin. And uh, that's anybody who has military parents knows that wow. that's kind of the product of being in the military. You move around quite a bit. That's a that's a hell of a difference from Germany to Seguin. Yeah, yeah, Seguin, Texas. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, and there's a story behind all that. Right. And the story is that um, when we lived in Seguin, my father was getting stationed over in Germany. And so that moment was coming and we couldn't go with him because he didn't uh, have housing yet. So the grand plan was take us to Puerto Rico, me, my mom and my older brother. Take us to Puerto Rico. We're going to stay there at his parents house who we had never met. This was our first time meeting the Puerto Rican side of the family. And uh, he was going to leave us there and then go off to Germany. So that happened. We went there. Uh, he went to Germany. We had to stay back because there was no housing and uh, ended up being, I think, six weeks before we could move over to Germany. Mm. So and again, I don't remember Puerto Rico at that time because I was still young. I'm, I'm less than a year old at this point. 
Uh, so we ended up living in Germany for, I think it was about six to eight months. And that relationship didn't work out. My mom and my biological father. So, you know, my mom ended up moving back to Seguin. She packed up me and my brother. We moved back to Seguin and that's where my grandma lived, my mom's mom. And we, we lived there for a while. So that's how that journey Mm. happened. And, um, the way it works out is that since my mom and my biological father, that relationship didn't work. It actually ended completely at, at one point. And my mom ends up meeting a new guy and life carries on. Right. That's the evolution. So my father ended up, I think being discharged from the army, coming back to Seguin. By this time, my mom, you know, she's got a new relationship. Things are what they are. But we couldn't all coexist in the same town. It, it just wasn't working. So what happened was my, uh, my mom's boyfriend at the time packed us up again, and we all moved, into, uh, moved to Houston. But the story is interesting because my mom's boyfriend is a white guy at this moment, right? He's a white guy. My mom's an African-American woman with two African-American kids in 1979. Wow, that must have been, that must have been pretty tough for them. Yeah, so you, you know, not the most popular thing at that time, right? right? right. You, usually don't, you usually don't see that mix. Right. And so uh, what happens was we show up on, uh, you know, his parents' doorstep, and he's like, hey, I'm home. You know, it's a little different scenario, right? So... Um, <laughs> Anyway, everything went great. We've never, up to this point in our lives, we've never experienced racism like you might see out in the world or like the news might portray it. So, um, you know, when I tell that story, it seems like it could be dramatic, but it never was. So we lived in Houston for a while. And uh, shortly after we got there, got news that my biological father had been murdered. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, I'm young at the time. I don't understand it. It's a story I learned later on. Uh, but obviously, my mom had to deal with some of that. And, um, you know, but again, she had already gone into a new relationship. We were, we were happy. We had our house in order. And we were looking to build. So we went to, uh, lived in Houston for three or four years. And then ended up moving back to Austin. And... You know, once we got to Austin, we moved into Lamplight Village. You remember Lamplight Village? Yeah, that's where a lot of our friends live there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where life really started for me because we planted some roots. And so I remember, you know, shortly after moving there, having this talk with my mom and Dave, his name is Dave, about me getting adopted, adopting my last name. Um, and so that happened. Uh, there's a process to it all, but eventually we, got, we went through the adoption process, and that's how my last name became Owens. Oh, wow. So, went from Donovan Ray Escobar to Donovan Ray Owens. I mean, that, I, you know, I've known you for, gosh, I mean, going back all the way to, what, 1995? Yeah. So, that's how many years now? That's 24 years, yeah. going on 25 years. And honestly, this is the first time <laughs> I've, that, I, that I actually found out your last name was Escobar. Yep. So and a, I, yeah, I, I just realized it's something I've never talked about, but yeah, yeah that, I mean because Owens just fits you well. I mean, yeah. you just you look like look a, like an you, Owens. You look like a Donovan. Uh, Owens. Look like an Escobar. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it would be it would turn you would turn some heads if somebody uh, 
called Donovan Ray Escobar and you stood up. But yeah. um, but no, I've I didn't know that, and that's a very very interesting and and what a big thing by your um by your stepdad too. Yeah, his name you said Dave. Yeah, Dave. So and, and you know he's he's actually uh, they're still married today, almost forty years later, wow. and that is my dad. He's the the man who raised me, and it's all I know. You know what I mean? So that's how we ended up in the Austin area at the at the age of five. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. So yeah, that's 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 news for me too, everybody. I did not know my best friend's last name was Escobar, but uh, I've always known you as Donovan Owens. So we'll just I may I may throw Escobar out once in a while. Out there. <laughs> All right, so you're in Lamplight Village. You got your life going. Uh, you, your family is 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 cohesive. Everything is going well. And then, so how did you guys end up in now Lamplight Village? Were you in the Fluorville District? Is that how you ended up at Fluorville High School? No, no. So we went, um, I, I can't even remember the name of school there. I think there was a uh, Northwest. Okay. It was, so I wasn't in the Fluorville district. It was considered Austin. All right. So how did you right. guys end up in Fluorville? Uh, so we ended up, I think we were renting the house that we moved into in Lamplight Village, and we ended up buying a house over in Fluorville. Oh, okay. Um, and so right there by, behind the old HEV. I remember that. Yeah. I remember coming to that house. It's yeah. right there off of uh, 685. Yeah. So then that's where we... I would say really that's where we planted for sure. Like we knew we were going to be here for a while. Mm. Um, and then I went to all the Fugerville schools because every new school that got built, we were redistricted to that school. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you went to Fugerville Middle School and then from there you went to. Well, it was, it was Fugerville Elementary. Elementary. It was Timmerman. It was Fugerville Middle School. Then it was uh, you know, Fugerville, Fugerville High School. school. Yeah. And I, then, when we, yeah. And a side note, um, Donovan, um, we have a client. Pam, that was your middle school PE coach. Yep, and was. now she's training at the gym with us. Yep, she was <laughs> she was my coach when I was in middle school, and then she was Ariana, my uh, youngest daughter's coach, when she was in elementary school. Wow. And now I get to coach her. So all right, so that just goes to show you how deeply we're actually rooted in this community. Yeah, sure, that's awesome. All right, so now you guys are in this house. You're growing up in this house. You're going through the school system. So tell me how that was moving to Pflugerville. What kind of transition were you able to make from middle school to high school? What kind of life did you have? Um, what were your interests? Yeah. So let's take it back a little bit because uh, when we finally got the house, um, what I I was able to kind of settle down and I was able to explore all the things that I love. Right. So my number one thing I loved to do when I was young was ride my bike. Mm. And I had pictures of me like jumping dirt hills. And that, that's all I want to do is just get outside on my bike as much as possible with my friends. Um, and I also like to skateboard. Dirt bikes were fascinating to me. So I had a couple of those. Uh, we played street hockey every morning before getting on the school bus. <laughs> like I couldn't wait to get to the, the bus stop because I knew I'd have five or six friends. We were going to go pick a stick out of the forest. Right. And we were going to find a rock that was the right kind of rock to be able to play street hockey. Wait, so you weren't on your cell phone? It was not on my at cell phone. The, at no. the bus stop? No, I was busy just scraping all the skin off my knuckles <laughs> against the pavement. <laughs> That's what we were doing. Um, and then I got into baseball hardcore. That was my sport. I played that for like seven or eight years. Um, I love to race. And people knew this. So every time somebody fast would move to town, they'd be like, oh, Donovan, there's new. Somebody wants to race you. All right. I remember first it was a girl named Stephanie in middle school. And then Jacob Guzman moved over to the, came to the middle school. That's fine. And uh, yeah, we would just race. Uh, model cars. And another thing that fascinated me was taking a, 
electronics apart, looking at how they work and putting them back together. I remember doing that for hours when I was young. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized looking at this list, like there, there's some of these things that I don't do anymore. But when I'm looking at I'm like getting chills thinking about it. And I want to go buy another bike like the bike I had when I did all my tricks. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah. That, that's Christmas, what I love to Christmas do. is coming around. It's coming. I'll buy myself a bike. Yeah. Or, hey, anybody listening, Donovan is looking for, <laughs> for a bike to do tricks on. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. So through all of this, I guess this is kind of where the root of fitness kind of comes into play, right? So how did you actually start to really get into fitness? Uh, so I really found fitness in middle school. Um, my body started to fill out. I started lifting weights and, and kind of understanding the mechanics of how how the body works and so that was my first year actually playing football because i had been playing baseball all this time Mm. and uh i decided to play football and but the experience for football was was two things for me it was terrifying because i was like i remember watching football on tv you see people smashing into each other and it was interesting but when it was time for me to go play i was like man this is kind of scary but the more uh the thing that came to the surface more was like the intensity of it. And I wanted to be part of that intensity. So I didn't care how scared I was. I went stepped out there on that field for the first time and the intensity ruled. Uh, my whole mission was just to smash people as hard as I could. And that's where I had a good time. Um, so that's when I was introduced to football. And there was one thing that, that just bothered me about football. I don't know if you ever had this, but the mouthpiece, mm-hmm. just the mouthpiece, like why, like how long it was and it would choke me in the back of my mouth. And I would always have to cut them. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't even think about that at first. Like, man, I'm supposed to wear this mouthpiece like this. Like, this is how it came. I'm supposed yeah. to wear it this way. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gagging on the field, trying to run to make a play and I'm gagging. That's <laughs> all I can think about. <laughs> and so I finally, I just cut the thing to where it would just cover like my front five teeth. I remember Because if you yeah. didn't have your mouthpiece in, yeah. they would take you out of the game. That's right. Right. So I didn't want it to look like I didn't have one, so I just cut it real small. I remember you had the smallest mouthpiece yep. on the team. I remember that. So, um, yeah, and that's where it all started for me with football and then um, kind of took off from there. All right. So now we're going through middle school, and then this is where the kid from the Middle East, which is me, the, the scrawny little kid from the Middle East, meets the half-black, half-Puerto Rican kid that's, uh, that's been around the world himself a little bit. And this is where our story kind of merges. And this is where the kind of like our friendship started to kind of flourish. And uh, this is where I met you in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, I remember seeing, I remember coming to Pflugerville High School and um, I just, I made a immediate connection with several people. And one of them was you. So, and I remember we just gravitated towards each other and we, we became friends instantly. So tell us a little bit about like what your journey was going to to high school, and because uh, I know you definitely this is where a lot of a lot of stuff happened in your life. Yeah, well, get going to high school. First thing I can tell you was a culture shock for me. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way up to middle school, I was kind of uh, I was just real outgoing personality and kind of kind of led the pack in whatever group of friends I was in. Just not in a dominating way, but just like, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's go, go do let's this. Go let's do this. Do like, yeah, let's make it happen. So when I got to high school, for some reason, everything felt different. Mm-hmm. Everything moved so fast. Uh, it seemed like everybody that I was around, like they knew what they were doing and it, I felt out of place. Uh, it was the first time in my life that I ever felt this. Uh, the size of the students, because everybody's like coming into their bodies and stuff like that. And, yeah. we're, we're, 
you know, not just the football players, but just everybody is just different size. To me, I'm looking at like women, like the girls are looking good. They're looking like women. Um, so that's different. And um, so going through all that, there was this moment where, you know, we go into this field house. We're, we're joining the football team. We go into the field house. We start lifting these weights. The culture there is what I fell in love with. And so the weight room became my sanctuary. Um, and so I think that's what I started to identify with fitness and uh, intensity and team. I identified with those things and kind of separated myself from these feelings I was having about like, what is all this high school stuff about? Mm -hmm. That's, that's what helped me. Um, yeah. But then I remember we were going, I think you were a uh, sophomore. I was, I was freshman because you were one, one year ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And then you started having some serious like life decisions that you were, that you were coming across. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, let's see freshman middle school or sorry freshman uh junior freshman through junior year were pretty smooth right uh i was figuring things out but then all of a sudden at the end of my junior year things changed for me and uh, for some reason there was a shift where women and drugs and partying all those things became valuable to me and because of that, what happened was my my decision making became skewed. And so I started thinking about just being as lazy as I could be. Right. I didn't want to you know, run around and play this sport as intensely as I was playing before, even though it was going really well for me. Uh, I didn't want to try as hard in school because, you know, I, I'd rather be trying to skip a class or going to hang out with people I probably shouldn't have been around at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it really started to change how I viewed life. And so ultimately what happened was I came back from my senior year um, and everybody thought I was going to play football. But I went in and talked to the coaches and actually quit playing football. There were several reasons. One uh, reason was I had gone to get my physical that summer and found out I had a heart murmur. But the doctor said I could go ahead and play. But he explained to me what a heart murmur was. And he said, well, sometimes your what I heard was sometimes your heart beats, sometimes it doesn't. I'm like, what? That's not exactly what he said. That's what I heard. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, with a certain level of heart murmur, you can still do whatever you want in life. And I yeah. proved that to this point. But at that time, that was a that was a trigger. It was a, a validation that, oh, I should not do this thing. Uh, the other thing was I was just I'd rather go party and, and hang out. So ended up quitting football, uh, started my senior year. Three months before I'm ready to graduate, I drop out of school. And luckily, luckily, my mom, the woman of faith that she is, she snatched me up, sent me off to South Carolina to go live with my aunt and uncle who were there. Mm. And I finished school there. but even there, like I was, I was in this mindset and still found some trouble to get into. And I was just living a certain way. But I ended up finishing high school, moved back here to Austin, immediately started hanging around the same crowd that wasn't really good for me at that time. And, uh, you know, had to go through some life experiences that, you know, were, were now I can look at them. I've learned a lot of lessons from them. So um it it helps me now to have empathy for people who've gone through struggles yeah. and to understand kind of the power of the struggle and that we get to choose certain struggles or not 
and uh you know but we're always choosing yeah and so. you became a really young father too i remember that yeah so by the time i was 20 i had two kids and by the time i was 21 i was married uh and life was life was running full speed yeah. so um yeah and that's that's you know we can lead into the next transition yeah because that's when that's when i remember when i came back i hadn't seen you because when I graduated in 1997, <clears throat> you'd already you you were gone already. So when you left at the basically the second half of '96, yeah, and then I just didn't see you after that. You were just gone. You were going to South Carolina, and even during summer times and all that, I just I don't remember seeing you or talking to you because we were just disconnected at that time. Yeah, and um, I went off to college, and I didn't come back until 2001 at the end of. March of 2001. Mm -hmm. That's basically, that's when I was done and that's when I came back and that's when we ran into each other. Yeah. And if, if, if uh, you guys didn't listen to the, the previous podcast about my story is, uh, you know, Donovan was lifting weights at a, at a, at a gold's gym and I went to drop off some products and like, you know, I, I believe there's a time and a place and, and, and when we're supposed to meet and how we're supposed to do things matters. So, that's when I ran into you at Gold's Gym. Yeah. I ran into you at Gold's Gym and that was I gave my view of how that was, but you tell us tell us what happened when when you saw me. Yeah. Yeah, so the whole I guess the thread that that links all these lessons together is I never let fitness go. Yeah. Right? And that's what led to that moment because I was still taking care of my fitness. Yeah. You happened to walk in we were like, man, like we, we hit it off, got into some conversation. Of course, we reminisce, you know, because, you know, our football days together, um, hanging out, going to CC's for lunch, seeing how much pizza we could eat at one time, <laughs> like all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and so we, we reconnected yeah. and uh, you were like, hey, I'm doing this thing. And so um, you, I think you were doing some supplements at the time yeah, and we you're like, hey, you should jump into this. So we started talking about that and it, the relationship just kind of sparked up again. Yeah, because we yeah. both knew we love fitness. Right. And kind of like Advocare was almost like the, was the path that kind of got us on like being together and like rebuilding that friendship and also getting into kind of like a entrepreneurism, right? Like get into this, let's sell supplements, let's get distributors, let's do this. So we really got pretty heavy on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what it does, like that moment where like the whole entrepreneur spirit was developed for me again, because the first time I ever felt that was when I was riding my bike when I was young. Mm -hmm. I bought that bike with my own money because my parents said, if you want that kind of bike and it costs that much, you need to go out and earn money. So I started mowing yards when I was young and I was like, oh, I can create what I want. Mm -hmm. Right. But then through all these life situations, I was kind of just being pulled through life. And then all of a sudden that moment came. And I was like, oh, I can create what I want again. Yep. So it was like a 20 year gap between feeling that. So, um, yeah, that's how I, you know, start to get back into coaching because, you know, we started working out together again. So we were kind of helping each other through these workouts. And then uh, all of a sudden, one day, my mom saw that ad in the paper and I won't go into the whole story. But, you know, Nanette was hiring for a trainer. I went down and, and interviewed with her. Uh, she hired me. Then eventually she hired you. And the process of getting into training, like real training started. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a point like you were helping, we were both helping this small gym get off the ground in Flugerville, right where we are now. It was called Goals Gym. And I had my two kids. I wasn't making money right there at the gym fast enough. I had to go off and get that real job, right? right. Air quotes, real job. 
and it was necessary at the time. So uh, I started working and moved up the ranks really quick at the job I was at, became, became a store manager, wanted to grow more from there. I eventually ended up managing a, a bigger retail store, and that kind of sucked me in for a while. For yeah, seven yeah. years, I did that. Because a lot of it was ego driven because I was like, oh, I'm young. I'm running this whole operation and making good money. Yeah. But I was working 70, 80 hours a week. I got into working overnight. I was starting to eat like crap. I was gaining weight. I wasn't sleeping very well. At sometimes I would be I would forget to pick my kids up from school because I'd sleep through my alarm. One time I was in line picking my kid up at school. And fell asleep in the car, and people had to come up and knock on the door because the line had already drove off. You know how you oh sit in the line? Oh, my God, yeah. And Ar- <laughs> Ariana was like, Dad, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I was like, sorry, baby. I, like, I, was, I was sleeping. I was trying to get us some sleep. So the whole time I'm going through this retail management thing, you're, you're training. We're still connected. Like, you're doing your thing. Um, you know, hearing great success about that. So... I'm being called like I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be doing something else. So I needed to kind of stay in my area, though. So I started my own little fitness business out in Huddle where I was living and um, it worked. Right. Yeah. Like I was like, man, I'm going to launch this boot camp. I didn't know what I heard. There was boot camps. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go, before you go into that, there's there's a there's a little side story behind that, because what 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 people don't know is that you and I lived on the same street. Yeah. We lived on the same street for what, almost like a year, right? A year yeah. and a half? Yeah, I think it was. So uh, and that was in Wells Branch. Yeah. yeah. So we lived on the same street. It was only like five houses down. And we both had dogs that were, you know, I remember you brought your dog over and became friends with my, I mean, it's like we were, we were connected. Right? Yeah. And I remember you come to my house one day and you knocked on the door and you're like, hey man, I know you're doing this training thing. And you look me dead in the eyes and you said, I'm about to quit my job. I'm like, you're going to do what? You're like, I'm going all in on this boot camp thing. He said, I'm running some boot camps at Huddle, and uh, I love it. This is exactly what I want to do. I'm going to take this chance. I- I'm-, I'm quitting. And, you know, the conservative side of me, I was like, okay, okay, hold on a second. Like, okay, so what are, what are you going to do for insurance? And what are you going to, and then I, I stopped. And I was like, wait a minute. This dude is excited. He's ready to go. So. And, and, and you said, you, what paperwork do you use? What, what is this? What is that? What is this? And I shared everything I had with you. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you were out there in huddle doing boot camps. Yeah. And, and actually, it goes back a little bit before that. I remember it now. Um, so my Ariana grew up playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was always kind of training people. I would, you know, people would ask me for advice. You know, when you're the fit person in the group, you know, right, right. there's always somebody asking you for advice and sometimes it leads to a stronger relationship. So anyway, a couple of the parents, um, like, you know, Suzanne Jones and Lori Singer, Roy Singer, I would train them in between practices on the, on a, like a basketball court. Yeah. Yeah. Just start training. Right. Um, and then actually I think Suzanne Jones was the first one way back. And then all of a sudden, like, it just started to evolve from there. They were like, oh, can you, uh, and somebody else wanted me to train their daughter. This is where it really started. So I started, bought a house out in Hutto, and my training really started out there with one eight-year-old girl in my garage, mm-hmm. right? The garage wasn't even finished yet. Like, we just started training. And then after that, I'm still, still doing the retail manager thing. So I'm just doing this all in between, knowing where I want to go. And then, uh, you know, I was like, you know what? There's a, a 
group of ladies. I just want to train this group of ladies. It kind of built up. I had four or five. And then I was like, all right, I'm going all in. Let's do this. Yep. I don't know what I'm going to do, but let's do it. So I was like, okay, it's, this is December 2007. So I come home. I'm married at the time. I come home and I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to leave this steady paying job that pays our bills every month. And I'm going to go chase this dream that I have. So this is December. That doesn't go real well in December when, you know, you have Christmas coming up and all these things. That's not a real good conversation. Mm -hmm. But I knew I wanted to do it. So I put together what I knew to put together. I launched it and 26 women signed up. After that, it was over. Like we were off and running then. Yeah. Right. Um, So, yeah, that started the whole boot camp thing. And, uh, you know, we started at at an indoor facility that I figured out how to how to like co-lease with somebody else. And then we ended up, I was like, oh, we don't need the building. We'll do it outside. Everybody followed me. We went to do it outside at Old Settlers Park and then got another facility uh, inside of a church. And so a lot of these loyal people just followed me around. A lot of them still here today. Yes. And uh, so that's how the training started. But then you and I started a boot camp together. You're like, oh, I see, you know, you're doing the boot camp thing. You were doing more like personal training. Every yeah. once in a while you would do more group classes and you're like, hey, let's let's do a boot camp together. So we figured out we put the that was our first flyer we put together. Remember that yellow yep. flyer? Look better naked. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. We look better naked. Yep. So that yellow flyer, we sent it out. I remember it was September. Um, that we sent that thing out and we had like 20 people sign up. Yeah. And it we was, were in, it was pretty amazing. We we're like, oh, we don't really have a place to do it. Let's go to the park. So it was <laughs> yeah, we came over here to we came over here to the Wells Branch Park, and then we did what like two or three workouts. Yeah, and, and then, then and somebody, then we got a letter. Yeah, I got a letter said, uh, you know, if y'all keep coming out here, they're gonna charge some fee or something. No, we already had 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 a twenty thousand dollar like misuse of a park fee or something because we didn't know it wasn't a part of Austin. Right. So this is like talk about learn on the fly. So we basically did the oh my god, I'm so sorry, I didn't know deal right and they basically said yeah just don't come back over here and do it and um and that's when we went to um we went, went to, to the that, school we went that to middle school. Little, uh, elementary school we went to the elementary school then uh, actually we went to wells branch elementary mm-hmm. from wells branch elementary we went to other school that's over there off of uh, um, grand avenue mm-hmm. so we did it there and then from there we went to the inside the gymnastics, gymnastics it's called studio. platinum gymnastics so shout out to all those people that followed us from from school to school to, to, to inside of a stinky gymnastics gym. Yeah. And uh, we were just doing it on that blue mat, you know, just during right. the off time. Right. And people didn't, we didn't, nobody knew the difference. Yeah. Like, they just wanted to get fit and train. Yeah. And, they, and it. they liked it. And you know, we, we did with, I mean, we did what we needed to do with what we had. Right. So it was nothing fancy about it. It was just the simplicity of it, just showing up and just training. And then following that basically that's when i went into the studio right and in the small the first small studio that uh that i started with nanette and that's when we took the boot camp inside the studio right and to this day this boot camp exists this is the boot camp that you and i basically stood up in the middle of a park after we were doing sprint work together i'm like why don't we just do a boot camp out here that was in 2005 so uh, that no 2009 yeah 2009 2009 yeah that was 2009 so and it's still going Still going. Still going strong. Yeah. So that's, I mean, so here's the deal. You had your own fitness business. I had my own fitness business. We had one together. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So at the end of the year, we were like dealing with this tax nightmare. Like, how do we put all this together? Like, what do we call it? Like, so anyway, what we ended up doing was we always had this conversation about having our dream facility. Right. So you and Annette were in the middle of moving into a different facility. Um, y'all had been in the studio for a little while. Y'all outgrew that. And then, uh, of course, as a friend, you called me and say, hey, we're moving back to the place that was originally uh you know where we were yeah. you're gonna and train I need, I need help moving right you need help moving i was like yeah man of course i'll come help you and then during that process of moving you and i kind of looked at each other like is this the moment like is this where we bring this all together so it was that was september 2013 yep and uh we decided let's just bring everything under one roof so i let all my clients know hey you know we're gonna dissolve everything we have out here let's go to the new grand facility that we're putting together and i would say 90 percent of them came on over and here we are today man and it's just uh to me it keeps getting better yeah and it's 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 not just because you know we keep learning and evolving it's because the people that keep coming along with us are carrying this culture along that we've developed and the culture is basically transformation just getting a little bit better today and it's amazing to see people come in every day just willing to do that and of course, there's coaching that has to go on to keep people in that mode because we're humans and we sometimes get a little chaotic. But um, and we, we just have a great thing going on. Yeah. And uh, well, I'm and blessed. I think I think the the root of what we talk about that is a great thing that's going on at Bodies by Design isn't just the training part of it, right? Because any fool can train anybody, right? But when you look, when you pull all the curtains back, and that's why we're telling everybody these stories. It's when you look at all the fitness businesses that succeed or fail, the ones that fail are the ones that either the person is trying to do it by themselves and they're trying to build a team that they have no history with. And the ones that succeed are the ones that have that deep connection with one another to where it's like when people walk into the gym and they know how much I care about you, how much you care about me, how much we care about Nanette, how much Nanette cares about us. And in essence, we do what? We care about everyone inside of that gym. Mm-hmm. So immediately when somebody walks in, they're family. And we treat them that way. Right. And some people don't even know how to handle that. Right. It's uncomfortable for it's, some people it's until actually, they feel it. Right. Because they're just so used to just walking into a place, getting a price, signing up. And you show up or you don't show up. And when they don't hear their name. They don't hear any. They don't notice. Nobody notices when they get their hair cut or when they have new shoes on or when they have new pants on. They don't notice any of that. No. And that's the thing that we, I feel like, are head and shoulders above so many of the places. I mean, I'm actually keeping track. There is five gyms that are within a half mile radius of our gym. And there's been over 60 gyms that have closed down in Pflugerville since 2002. Yeah, that's a lot, man. And I think a lot of people have the right intention, but I think it does matter the relationship between the people that are running the business, how much they love each other and how much they care about each other. And that trickles down into how much love and care goes into each client that comes through there. Sure. And I think that plays a big testament on how much, you know, the time that our clients stay there. And I think we did the numbers and the average stay for clients at Bodies by Design is four years or more. That's the average stay. So our turnover ratio is very low, not because, again, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that we're not, actually, we are one of the best facilities in, in the city, but it's not just because of that. It's not just because of the training. It's not just because of the coach. It's because people 
have found a place where they can belong and they no longer have to gym hop. Right. You know what I mean? And that's a big thing. It's like the time that we take with them and that we listen to them. And you bring a different level of love and coaching and respect. And, you know, I bring a different perspective and love and respect. And Annette brings a different level of love and respect because we all have these different backgrounds. Right. But that's because we've been through the fire. Right. So when exactly. somebody walks up to us and they talk to us about their issues, it's easy for us to relate to them or just shut up and just listen. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. we're not, you know, you know, 21 year old kid that doesn't have any experience. Right. So, but again, it's just been for me, it's been more fun every single day knowing that I have people that I trust inside the gym. And that's what I think so many business owners lack. They just don't trust the people they work with. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I would trust my kids with you and vice versa. Yeah. So, and same thing with Annette. And that, that's the thing is like that love and, you know, respect and the relationship that we have, again, it's just been trickling down. Yeah, man, it's a pretty, uh, pretty special situation. And, you know, we specialize in just keeping it simple. And I think our people feel that. And um, we just always want to come back to just doing what works. Yeah. And what works is just having a like an awesome ass connection with everybody who comes in. Yeah. And uh, helping them take their next step, man. Right. And that's I think that's what we do really well. Well, and I think as different as we both are. You know, you having your background and me coming from the other side of the world and Nanette coming from England, right? It's like, but we all share one thing. We've all been competitive athletes. We all know what it takes to be on a team. We not, all know how to follow and we also know how to lead, right? And we know what comes with that. It is difficult, you know, if I always say sports went beyond the football field. Right, because it really allows us to see like there's going to be failures, there's going to be losses, but then there are some wins as well too. But the key, I think, the key emphasis and the key message from Bodies by Design coaches to all of our clients is just one thing: just keep showing up. That's it. Like if you show up, ninety percent of the equation is over. Right. That's it. And. It's a testament for you to go through what you went through in high school, you know, with being a young father, uh, again, getting into the wrong crowds, moving around, getting into trouble. But then what did you do? You always kept on just showing up in your fitness world. And that fitness world finally led you to what? To the life that you have right now. Yeah. To a life of choice. So yeah. fitness just goes beyond that. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and I think that's we, we pride ourselves on, you know, we say gym because it's it's relatable. People understand what that is. Yeah. Right. But really, we know we're a transformation center because yeah. it's so much more fitness and nutrition. Really, that's pretty simple. Most people, even people who don't train, could probably give could probably train somebody else to to have a great workout. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, do some push ups, do some lunges, do whatever. But. There is a level of mastery, and I'm, I'm, I'm really okay at this point, after so many years in the trenches doing this with you and Nanette, we've reached a level of mastery, mm -hmm. right? But it's taken lots and lots of hours. And um, so we do fitness and nutrition really well. But the other part where I think the industry is starting to realize with all these gyms that close down across the world every day is that there's, there's a connection with people 
that has to be had. And there's a community that has to be built. That's what, you know, people are paying for this. Um, and that's what leads them to the transformation and the results that they come in and say they want. They don't know that at first, right? But it, it's the fuel that keeps the thing going. It is. Right? So. And we're going to, and this is, this is literally kind of like a segue to what's going, what's going to come in this podcast. Yeah. And the meat of the podcast is going to be coming up is truly sharing the, the knowledge and the coaching experience and the years and the hours that we've put into the gym and really breaking this down like a cheap shotgun and just talking about how easy it is to become the healthiest version of yourself without confusing the hell out of yourself. But there is definitely some coaching. There is, and we're not going to just sit here and rant. We're going to really give like step-by-step action items in order for anybody that's listening to this podcast to be able to say, you know what? I can do those two things in the next month. Right. And the, the biggest success that I have seen with all of our clients that have come through there are the ones that have shown up more consistently. Right. Period. And the lesson, I guess, that we can take from this podcast is it doesn't matter where you come from, right? Because we've proven that. I'm from the Middle East. Nanette's from uh, Europe. You know, you're half Puerto Rican. You're from the U.S. We're coming from three different parts of the world. We can create a certain level of passion to change other people's lives. Period. Right. And we can share that passion. and. What happens now is what? The people that want to get better, they have to, they have to show up. I mean, I can't just beat that up. They have to show up. And once right. they show up, they give us an opportunity to coach them. Mm-hmm. And once we have an opportunity to coach them, we get to know them better as humans. Right. Once we know them better as humans, then we know what makes them tick. And then what, when we know what makes them tick, we're able to form and change and make the workouts to where they can be successful, have a starting point, and build from that. Right. But that can't happen if there's inconsistency. Sure. sure. And, you know, there's a lot of online coaching. There's a lot of tutorials. There's a lot of YouTube videos. There's this mirror thing that's coming out. All of that sounds great. But one thing that I guarantee you will never get old is human connection, human touch, human eyeball-to-eyeball contact as far as looking at each other and connecting physically and verbally that there, nothing can replace that. And we're all looking for that. That's what yeah. we're all looking for. So this is where, again, it all kind of ties in. And I think this is the perfect segue into what our podcast is going to be about is really, really helping people and also having these conversations that we usually have without recording them. Yeah. And now just actually going to record them. We got microphones. Yeah. Now we got microphones. So this way we can actually help more people and we can reach more people. And this is just another way us, another way for us to give back to our clients and, uh, and for people that may not be working out at our gyms. Sure. I'm excited about it, man. It's going to be a, a cool journey. The BBD radio. Yeah, this is, we've been wanting to do this for a while, and and you know what? We just did it in a matter of, we talked about it for two years, and it took, what, two days to put it together, and now we're here. Here we go. So we're going to show up every week. We're going to do our show. We're going to give you as much value and and content as possible, actionable items, and really be that light for you in that dark room. So all you got to do is just turn on that flashlight. Turn on, whoa. 
Turn on, turn on that flashlight. Turn on the flashlight. So, I guess we can uh, we can close it out by by saying how much uh, we appreciate Donovan sharing his story. Um, you know, it's it's important for us all to know where the coaches have come from, what kind of struggles they have. That way, so we realize that we're all human. And I found out some stuff that I didn't know about you, which mm. is which I feel a little bit closer to you now that I didn't know, uh, Mr. Escobar. Yeah. Uh, formerly known, <laughs> formerly known formerly as known. Uh, Mr. Escobar. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so if you guys are listening to this, if you feel like this is something that uh, anybody else can listen to and get something out of, uh, it can brighten somebody's day, push somebody forward, uh, give somebody hope, definitely share these, this podcast with them. We're only going to get better at this. The sound is going to get better. Our conversations are going to get better. Um, the podcast is going to get better. And again, this is the only third time that we've done this. So we would love for you guys to share it and, and, and give us an opportunity to get in the ears of as many pos- people as possible so we can share our knowledge and share, our, share the stories that have happened at Bodies by Design and also help other people along the way. All right, y'all. We appreciate you being here. Um, go back and listen to the, the episodes that are available right now if you've missed any of them. And uh, hopefully these last couple episodes have helped you understand uh, the stories of the coaches behind BBD. And we look forward to moving forward with some some actionable information for you. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. Peace. For more from Bodies by Design, please head over to BBDforlife.com. If this show was valuable to you, please share it out. There's someone that needs this message right now. Also, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. When you do this, it helps us climb the iTunes charts, reach more people, and impact the next life. We appreciate you tuning in, and we're committed to keep bringing you more great content that, when applied, has the power to change your life.